and welcome back to Indiscovery, Rock Paper Shotgun's indie game podcast. Blimey O'Reilly, it's episode nine, and this week we're finally confessing to our crimes. Our indie game crimes, that is. Don't worry, I won't be admitting to the time I accidentally forgot to scan a single pack of microwave rice at the supermarket and walked out without paying for it. It's the only crime I've ever committed, and I think about it all the time. After that, we're going to chat about some indies we've been playing. I refuse to introduce myself so the police can't identify me. And I'm joined as ever by my wonderful co-host, guides writer Rebecca. Hello. And reviews editor Rachel. Hello. Hello. My name's actually Liam. How are we both doing? You all right? Good. I'm, I'm dying to know more about this rice story. Stole a pack of rice. You just stole it. Just swiped it. You snatched that rice. That was the start and end of my career as a criminal. I think about that all the time. <laughs> One day you'll have a bag of rice stolen from you. Someone will come along and steal a, a bag of your rice and then karma, girl. But then I'll, I'll feel finally like my karma has been reset. At peace. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I've, ne- I've never stolen anything. that moment I'll die. I'm a good girl. Oh <laughs> you never stolen anything? No. Not even by accident? No. Like, I know really? people accidentally walk out of, like, um, shops and stuff with things, but I have not. Maybe I should try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now. Now is the time. Now is the time to try it. <laughs> um, You've stolen anything, Rebecca. Let's I, just get it all out. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy to share this. I accidentally, because I was three and didn't understand the concept of property, <gasps> stole a bottle of Matey Bubble Bath from Morrison's. <laughs> oh, that's so 90s. It's I love so that 90s. so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was, I don't know. I don't know. Are my parents technically the ones responsible for that? I don't know. But apparently they got me out to the car and I'd like got it all tucked up in my oh. my coat or whatever because I just wanted to give it a cuddle. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last episode you told the story about when you went to McDonald's after the Power Rangers movie and you yes. said, I'm, I'm too full from the movie. Yeah. Do you think in that moment they took you out for dinner and you went, I'm too full from my crimes? <laughs> delicious crimes <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me i yeah i mean I th- i'm glad that we've we've established that this is this is on the same level i mean you've not quite said how old you were when the rice incident occurred but... 27 <laughs> <laughs> see if it was me i was gonna be like oh you know now surely you need to like always put rice in the food bank or something like that's the that's the moral solution. I've been on the other end though, where I've been in retail and someone's stolen something. And I've just been like, "Go for it, babes. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to stop you." It. I definitely I'll understand the impulse. I didn't say. Yeah, <laughs> just like slowly, just turn away. <laughs> I do not perceive you. Go for it. I worked at this really like um, expensive like um, Japanese uh, character store, which will not be named, but there's literally only one in the UK. So work it out yourself. And um, yeah. <laughs> People used to shoot their shot and I used to be like, go for it, babes. I want to be a game journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. That good Atama pin. I didn't see nothing. (laughs) Swipe it, girl. Yeah. Incredible. Take two. See how I care. (laughs) Not two. Leave some for everyone. (laughs) To steal. Leave some for everyone to steal. We have no stock. We've taken no money today. But no everyone, much. everyone my took problem. a fair amount individually, so it's all fine. <laughs> the only uh, retail sort of adjacent job I ever worked was in a bank, so I don't think I could have done the same. Doesn't <laughs> that would have worked well for you? They don't tend to love that. 
No, when people steal money. Before we dive into today's episode, I have a little bit of a pod admin to tell you both about. Okay. I haven't actually told you about this offline. Um, so since the last episode went live, we've received our first one-star review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, now, because it's me and I can't take feedback properly, I've been obsessing over this for the best part of a week. So I've come up with three situations that I think led to this one-star review because they didn't leave a message. Just one star. No Wait, comment. there was no words? There was nothing? No words, which is the coward's rating. <laughs> so I've, I, I've, I've come up with three different scenarios. Would you like to hear them? Yes. Okay, so scenario one, I think the listener was a space scientist. Is that what they're called? <laughs> is there a name for that? Uh, do you mean an astrophysicist? Uh, yeah. Now nah, we'll go with space scientist. So because of their profession... <laughs> I think they're disgusted by the way that Apple uses stars as a rating system. And they're aware that if our solar system had five stars, we'd go all crispy like a bunch of fish fingers on a George Foreman grill. And also that much mass would probably cause like space to collapse or whatever. So I don't understand space. And if I think about it too much, I start to freak out. So I think they thought one star was like the perfect amount of stars because it keeps us warm. It makes our planet lush and vibrant. And without it... Well, cockerels wouldn't have much else to live for. So thank you to the kind space scientist for rating us one precious life-providing star. I think that was very nice of them. That's one scenario. Yeah. Scenario two, in the distant future, I think Indiescovery is celebrating its 10-year anniversary and is the most popular podcast on the planet, current US (laughs) President Bob Iger, who was elected following the 2020 Disney acquisition of Western democracy, has thrown a parade for the three of us in New York City. And as we wave from the deck of our private blimp, Blimps came back into style in 2031. A crack can be heard from the street below. And before any of us can react, I clutch my chest in confusion and slowly blood begins to dribble between my fingers. And as colour drains from my face, I stumble and collapse onto our huge pile of Casper mattress sponsorship money. I've been assassinated, right? And although you're both secretly quite happy that I'm dead because you can finally replace me with Ed, you're also aware that I'm going to be well irritating as a ghost, which are real in the future and haunt everyone. So in a last ditch attempt to stop me from becoming an intolerable ghost, you use our pink branded time machine to travel back to April 2023 to give the podcast one star, which humbles us all so much we never get famous enough that I'm assassinated by a spider crab with a sniper rifle. Uh, option three is someone started listening and thought one of us was irritating. So I'd like you to decide which of these three scenarios <laughs> led to our first one star review. I don't I don't mind. I'm just so glad we had it because without it, this wouldn't have happened. So <laughs> can it can it be all of them? Can it possibly be all all three? It could be all of them. Can you can you tell that I was really procrastinating uh, doing a Star Wars guide today? <laughs> I tell you what, I like the second one because okay. I like those parades as well. Where like I can just imagine all th- three of us getting our own like those giant balloons that are kind of super cartoony. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I, I just, I love that that idea about all three of us just like <laughs> being suspended like in the it. air in balloon form. Of course, oh, you yeah. know the part about you getting brutally and utterly assassinated, assassinated by a spider crab isn't ideal, but. But I've always wanted to solve an outlandish murder mystery, Rachel. So you and I are the perfect candidates <gasps> oh to work God. out what the hell so just happened. true. <laughs> yes, and Liam can follow us around in ghost form and help us solve oh his murder. Yes. Oh my God, I'd be like Ghost Trek. Yes, it yes. would be. Amazing. Or the upcoming Done. novel Grave Expectations by author Alice Bell that we should pre-order <laughs> <Yes>. immediately. <laughs> Out on May the 2nd. <laughs> so yeah, I vote for two. I hope it's May That's the 2nd, not May the 4th. Sorry, Alice. 
Oh. I think it's May the 4th, actually. <laughs> right. Well, something's happening on May the 2nd and something's happening on May the 4th. And either way, you should totally pre-order Alice's book. Um, <laughs> oh, it's on Star Wars Day, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it you're is, right. Yeah. Oh, yes. Sorry, Alice. Yeah, sorry to get so excited for your murder as well. <laughs> I know. You, you did plan it yourself. So, you know. Oh, well, yeah, me too. I mean, I've wrote about it. So <laughs> let's not analyse that too deeply. Couldn't be the third one. Couldn't. I just <laughs> I can't. I not the third it. one. It could yeah, be a no. fourth one, which is we spend 10 minutes of the podcast talking bullshit before we get into the topic that's in the title. <laughs> I mean, that could be it. Yeah. Um, I I've heard name. some people really don't like that, which, you know, not, not in our podcast, just in podcast. podcasts in general. Yeah, I know. Uh, I yeah. know. And you know. Oh, screw that. Well, for those losers that don't like it, let's get into our first section. <laughs> Deal with it. Hello, both. Why am I saying hi to you both again? Hello! Well, hi! 15 minutes into the recording. Hey, guys. So, you know how we normally record in a big spooky house in the middle of Bath? Of course. Right? Because we're all mm-hmm. together. We're definitely not in different parts of the country. And you know how that's being renovated, so we're now in this church that we found in the side of a country lane? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, who's this? Who's this old man walking walking towards our podcasting equipment? Well, hold on, let me just... Sir, would you like to use my microphone? <laughs> hello, 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 hello. I haven't decided to voice yet. Uh, hello, hello, young, young people. It's me. I'm, I'm Father Dringus Godlyman. Uh, welcome to my... What are you doing? You're recording a little podcast in here, are we? Yes, Father Dingus gone. I'm so sorry. What was your name again? <laughs> Father no, Dingus. What, what are you? Fa- yep. Father. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Father Dingus. Also, Father. You know, just for our listeners up there, what 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 do you look like? I mean, I'm looking at. <laughs> um, um. Oh, it's. Uh, I've never had to explain myself on on a podcast before. Uh, very handsome. I'm just so impressed with what a podcast is. You're doing so good. Like. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm absolutely ripped. I'm actually only 24 years old. Um, I just. This is just how I talk. Uh, w- welcome to my to my church. I, I'm a man of the cloth. I can't sustain this voice very long. I'm a man of the cloth, but actually the uh, the indie cloth. I I'm an employee of Valve Software, uh, and you know well, they've I'm got 24. a flat structure. I'm 24. Yes, very That's talented incredible. software engineer. <laughs> so handsome. <laughs> I uh, it's got a flat structure, so I I started my job in Seattle, Washington, and I just rolled my wow. desk straight out of the office and into this church where I now let people confess their indie game sins. That's right. I'm the cons- <laughs> I I'm here to give a bit of texture to this. Yes, father. Please go on. Oh, it's been a long week. <laughs> anyway, I, I've got a big confessional booth over here. Uh, I'm going to get in one side, and then you can. the other side's big enough for three people and a bunch of microphones, which is pretty convenient. Uh, wow. So I'm going to get in this one side. I'm going to give this young man here, uh, uh, well, older than me, <laughs> seven years older than me, a, <laughs> a piece of paper. Uh, like, like in Catholicism, <laughs> confession is done by the priest handing you a piece of paper with some questions on it, and you can confess to me. All right, bye, bye, off I go. Bye. Well, he was a bit lazy as a character, wasn't he? Shall we go? <laughs> we are going to get so many more requests, though. Like, every, every time. 
<laughs> Every time a mysterious guest shows up. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> what a wonderful man. They're all so beloved. I feel so safe with him that I could I can confess all my indie gaming sins. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Well, I've got this little piece of paper here. It's lovely. It's written in red ink, which is oh, that, that's like religious, blood? isn't it? <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh, is that the oh. father's blood? <laughs> I hope it's the father's blood. Or oh, whose blood is it? Oh, oh look wow. at that! A mystery appears that we can try and solve by the end of this podcast oh, section. So yes, uh, as the uh, terribly lazy character just told us, we're going to confess to some of our indie game sins. Uh, I felt like both of you lost what little respect you had for me during that. Um, <laughs> looking into Absolutely your the opposite. Not, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so first thing, should I keep up the... I'll keep it up. Right, on this piece of paper, that's definitely real. I have uh, question one. It says, what's your most played indie game? Who wants to go first? What's your most played indie game on Steam? Ooh. Um, let me have a look. I'll have a yeah. look at mine. Just let me pull up my piece of paper that's definitely not a Google Doc. <laughs> Even though I know full well what it is, I'm just I'm just stalling for time. I'm very excited to hear about this. Because, Rebecca, you, we were talking about this yesterday and you implied that yours is quite spicy. Yes! It's, it's pretty Rebecca, damn you spicy. Go first. <laughs> okay, um, you go okay. first, Rebecca. Okay. What, what is what is the game and how long have you played it for? So hold on, I'm going to talk around this first because your guess, Liam, was <laughs> Honey Pop, as I recall. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I have taken. I I went guess. and I I wrote down because I'm weird and I write things down even though they're already readily available to me. Um, <laughs> my top twenty Steam games by time, and Honey Pop okay. was at number four, so you weren't far Ooh. off. Um, with how many hours? With uh, hold on, thirty-four point four hours. Oh, that's a lot of Honey Pop. Okay. That's a lot of Honey Pop. And Honey Pop 2 is at number six with 25.9 hours, in case you were wondering. Mm. Very I'm nice. Didn't enjoy the I have sequel. not played Honey Can Studio because I think that one's kind of gross. I don't know why that's the line for me, but it is. <laughs> that's Can very you just consistent. Can quickly explain what Honey Pop is? Honey Pop is listeners? a delightful uh, match three puzzle game. Very casual, very enjoyable. Also, an extremely NSFW dating sim. Um, (laughs) like extremely NSFW Um, yes and it was uh, one of the things I played a lot of over the pandemic and in fact the the one that is in the number one spot um, is a game that I I do really enjoy it's really really good but one of the reasons that I think I've played it so damn much is because it came out on something like the 25th of February 2020 Oh, oh right yeah. yes okay. so i think that part of part of what drew me into this game was the sudden massive abundance of time and lack of ability to do anything else uh just as the game launched hmm. um and yeah my most played game on steam with 76.1 hours is max gentleman's sexy business <laughs> i'm googling this right now <laughs> what and max? yeah i don't think i've ever mentioned it to either of you before sexy business Max Gentleman's Sexy Business. Yes. Father better cover his ears for a lot of Rebecca's. What? Oh, yeah. He's going to... Earmuffs. To be honest, right, Like I play across a lot of platforms and there is a definite theme to what I tend to play on Steam. <gasps> what? Can you explain what this is? It is. Um, so it is, again, it's it's a dating sim. Um, got, you know, a lot of visual novel, some quite risque elements to it. Let's say it has an NSFW mode if you should choose to employ it, but it is a dating sim mixed with a sort of business management simulator. Um, so you play a Victorian business tycoon who loses their fortune. And in order to regain 
your massive obscene amounts of wealth, you are allying yourself with all of these other business executives who are super hot, sexy people who run businesses in various industries um, and doing lots of mini games and lots of weird little, very satisfying, like resource distribution to watch the numbers go up activities. And yeah, it's just, it, it mushes together a lot of gameplay genres and it turns out when you are locked in your house for several months (laughs) with absolutely Mm. nothing going on to really take your mind off of the existential dread from this unprecedented like once in a lifetime global pandemic this sort of game will really get its hooks into you Um, but i will say i I do love this i genuinely love this game i'm not trying to knock it um i i've played it so much because i really really enjoy it an immensely satisfying combination of genres that i really liked i'm enjoying this screenshot that has a character called antoine hardmeat which sounds like a character i would come up with he's my boy (laughs) my sweet sweet boy (laughs) Which one's he? Is he the blonde guy on the horse in the? He is, he is the blonde guy on the horse. Yes, with the yes, flowers. Incredible. Yes. yes, and his whole character arc is that he lacks self confidence. So obviously, oh well, we already know that's your type based on other episodes of this podcast. Also, he is he is completely naked on the horse. He is completely naked on the horse. He, yeah, he, he can he can get nakeder on that horse if you have a completely NSFW mode act. Yeah, th- those uh, that bouquet is very carefully placed. It is. <laughs> right, okay, Doesn't have I to see. Be there. Um, yeah, I hope that, like, we never really, we never set ourselves up as, like, a family podcast, did we? That wasn't, that wasn't no. a promise oh, we no. made. Absolutely, Absolutely not. Good, because, yeah, yeah, Max Gentleman's Sexy Business. It's interesting because this is a huge part of Steam's offering that no one ever really does talk about. Like, yes. what, what, what's interesting about this is it seems to be, like, I, well, it's got, male and female characters in it which you don't yes. normally see in games like this on steam and also i just read a review there that said that you don't have to engage with the nsw oh, no you NSW don't at all you can just all. be friends with the execs if you want and it probably makes sense actually to clarify at this well not clarify interject inform at this point that it shares a lot of or at least some of the production the executive production team with monster prom which is another uh, very like LGBTQ inclusive and like very positive sort of like the dots are connecting s- for me, Rebecca. Similar yep. dating sim, <laughs> and so um, when you when you kind of look at it from that point of view, I think it starts to make more sense. And that's actually how I found out about this game in the first place was that um, yeah, the the same people were kind of involved. It's not the same production team, but yeah. it's got a lot of the same creatives in the kind of peripheries of its development. That's a great confession. I love like, I love this game and I just I kind of one of the reasons because um not behind the scenes thing is I kind of pushed to do this episode and one of the reasons was that I've never mentioned this game on this podcast and I've only mentioned mm. it a couple of times over on the RPS site and I was like this is a, like a huge part of my especially my my like experience of of you know the pandemic and lockdowns was playing this game and uh, yeah I really wanted to kind of give it that shout out and give it its due for the you know the influence it had on me and it is it is a very um, a very positive and very affirming game as well. And so I was like, I want to talk Incredible. about this more. I kind of don't yeah. want to drop it. Um, For sure. That's a but, great, yeah. great thing to talk about. Another, 70 hours. Yeah, so how, yeah how, many, how many playthroughs is that? <laughs> That's just one playthrough, but trying to 100% everything, which I have not quite done yet. Oh, um, damn. Oh, wow. But there's a lot of content in this. Uh, there's like, the way it sort of cycles through the story mode is there's there's various different like levels. To, I think it's about four 
four levels where you're sort of like building up your empire again and then a big story beat happens and then you start from the beginning but with like an extra complication and your relationships Mm. intact um but all your stats reset i have now seen the true ending um so i've kind of done the main story and all of the romance routes but they added they, they did a um a content update around halloween 2021 that added like loads more mini games it added interactions between the npcs which is the thing that i've still like feel like i've barely scratched the surface with is that now the npcs will have relationships to each other as well and um, oh, wow added loads more visual novel sections there's just there's so much going in this game yeah oh, it's damn. a really fun game it amused me as well because i was like i had to i had to check confirm a suspicion which is that I have played this game alone for slightly longer than I have played my second and third most played games on Steam combined. <laughs> okay. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are those games out of curiosity? Um, it, unsurprisingly, it's Monster Prom 1 and Danganronpa 1. Those are yeah, that's yeah. the two most unsurprising answers I could possibly give, which is why it's so weird that I've mentioned those games a ton on this podcast and I've never mentioned this game before. Can I ask... and? You don't have to answer and we don't have to put it in. Do you Sorry? think the reason why you haven't mentioned it is because it has the sexual content aspect? I think, honestly, that may be part of the reason. But the main reason is that I am less actively in this game's fandom right at this minute than I am right, with Monster Prom and okay. Danganronpa, which is still kind of... Monster Prom is still ongoing. Danganronpa is still ongoing for me because I'm still mm. in the middle of the series. Whereas with this game, I've pretty much finished it. Um, the dev team have moved on to new stuff now. And so it's just mm. less less at the forefront of my mind. I haven't played it in over a year, um, which I didn't realise how long it had been, but that kind of makes sense. Damn. Um, I, I do intend to go back to it, but you know, there's a lot to play and it's it's really hard to go back and like get the last few things in a really huge game, especially yeah. in a job like ours. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean... <laughs> There, there is an aspect where like yeah it's kind of it's always weird to get over the barrier of being like i actually play quite a lot of nsfw uh mm. like dating sim hybrid games but i don't mind admitting that and it's it's yeah more that it's just kind of not been on my radar as much lately yeah it's great i think i think there's like a uh maybe like a negative view of games like that on steam as well and you know not every game is gonna approach it in the same way yes there's a lot of there's a lot of questionable stuff and a lot of crud in that genre on steam so i understand Mm -hmm. why people are kind of wary when approaching it it's like one of those uh, genres where the bad side of it is really Mm -hmm. terrible so I feel like a lot of people shy away from that, especially some of the really good ones like this one. I've only ever approached games like this from a recommendation from someone whose opinion I already trust Yeah, from yeah. other things. And so like Max Gentleman and Honeypop, those were from YouTubers who I'd already kind of like got good recommendations from and got a good read on stuff they wouldn't promote. Yes. You yeah. Know? And outside of that, I have not played many NSFW games because it quickly i imagine goes to some pretty bad places yeah um, from what i've seen but yeah i i would i would happily like if you are 18 plus uh happily <laughs> recommend this to mm. anyone it's just it's such a fun game and as you say it's like you don't actually need to engage with you don't need to engage with it as a dating sim at all you can just kind of hang out with fun characters and because that's the thing about these games they're campy yeah, and that's exactly. what I that's yes. what I can see myself it's playing. Very them. camp. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because I'm I'm looking at Bonbon von Valentine's profile. Yeah. It lists all her stuff and it just says cup size. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they all have stats, but they're all like just just very um very faux Victorian descriptions rather than Oh god, that humour is yeah. so good. I like that. What a cool recommendation. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, I feel so much better for yeah. confessing as well. There you go. Oh, good. Wow. Yes. You look lighter. 
Like, I see Father Drinker's to... nodding through the the little confession slot. <laughs> is is he nodding or is he kind of like nodding off, like sleeping? <laughs> well, he is very young. Yeah, he's oh, young. Yeah, right? he is. <laughs> Significantly younger than the three of us. I keep whiplashing back and forth between this person. <laughs> I guess the immediate like image that came to my mind was this old man, and now that I know he's twenty four, I can't. I can't differentiate. What's your most played indie game, Rachel? Oh, it's Stardew Valley, isn't it? Um, oh, of course. Nice. Of course. To be fair, my first one is friend of the podcast, um, Henry, plays a lot on my Steam account. So a lot of, like mm-hmm. the first one of it is actually his, which is Into the Breach, which he's played, infuriatingly, 99.6 hours. I hate that. <laughs> Just boot so- it up for 40 minutes, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, last night when I told him we were going to talk about it, he was like, no, <laughs> oh. <laughs> because, and I get it because if he plays that game again, it won't be at uh, one hundred; it'll be at two hundred. Like Into the Reach right. is a really good yes. game. Oh gosh. Um, but yeah, talking about addictive games, yeah, my next one is Stardew Valley, and surprisingly, I've got eighty-eight point seven hours in it. That's not Ooh. including uh, other ways I've played it as well, like um, a bit on mobile and Switch. So yeah. Yeah, I think it's quite common for Stardew players to have like it on multiple consoles, multiple different save files. But PC Mm -hmm. is the best because of all the mods you can do and stuff. So, yep, no surprises there. Um, That game is so good. Wow. Yeah, amazing. (laughs) What's next on that list after Stardew? So, this is a surprising one for me uh, because, okay, it's this war of mine. I've put 51 hours into that game. Wow, that's a lot for that game. That game is very sobering. It's a very serious yeah. game about survivors during a war. And I don't know what it is about it. I I really like um, oh, 11-bit studios as games. Literally the one after it is Frostpunk. I've put 39 oh, hours wow. into Frostpunk. Like, wow. I just... There's something about those two, like, management games that approaches the genre in just like a different way to anything else I've played and especially mm. this war of mine where yeah it's kind of fucked up like really fucked up kind of game but I just mm-hmm. there's there's like beautiful elements of storytelling in there that I've just not played in any of the games so I've I've like frequently returned to it to play as different characters like find different scenarios and they've always released updates and oh god they they added like the little ones update which added which added children and so all the money bought from that went to charities and they did a massive push for um, wow. Ukraine like last year. But I don't know. There's just something about that game that keeps pulling me back in. Like, it's definitely not a fun game. What is it? I've actually, I've actually never played it. Yeah, I was about to what say, I don't, I'm not that familiar with it. Yeah, oh, what okay. does it actually do? Let me do? get into it. So in this war of mine, you play as three different characters who are trying to survive a kind of unnamed conflict, but it's so you can like copy and paste whatever kind of war situation you would uh you know like to imagine onto that so that it could Mm. be so yeah sorry the idea is you play as these three people who are have moved into an abandoned house and yeah the situation is you just have to survive and that's through encounters with with strangers encounters with soldiers um it's very much the kind of game that is kind of it's not from the soldier's perspective, which I think a lot of war games were. This is one of the first games to kind of be like, you know, there are people in war as well. Like we want to tell their mm-hmm. stories. And so this is that game. Wow. Um, 
but yeah, and I think it's well, it's known because of there's a lot of like tough decision making you have to do, and Frostpunk is the same, but on a more fantastical level. Yeah, I think a lot of people remember it because it's quite shocking, but actually, like outside of that, it's just a very human game about something that's quite serious. And yeah, like I said before, it's just quite sobering. So it's really good, but if you don't think you're in the mood for like Disco Elysium or stuff, like you could this game is like a whole other like you need to be in a certain place when you play this game and understand exactly what you're dealing with there's nothing particularly gory there's nothing particularly like really shocking about it but it's just it's just war in it it's just horrible so it's it's got that kind of that darkness to it yes that you just need to be in a place you can deal with it you know i get you there's like a nugget of truth in everything in that game the amount of work that 11-bit have done, this game came out like years ago, but in terms of like charity events and supporting um, countries wow. going through similar situations is like, honestly, that studio, incredible. But yeah, and then we've got Frostpunk, which is kind of the same, a bunch of people trying to survive. It's more of a city builder than a survival sim. But um, just, again, it's just the mechanics are really well done. I like the story of Frostpunk a bit more because it, it is removed a bit from reality and that it's mm-hmm. kind of like post-industrial Victorian era. Also, I have this really weird thing where I just like, who doesn't like a big machine? And so the generator in Frostpunk is like, I saw a Twitter thread literally yesterday about like the beauty of oil rigs. And it's oh, kind I of saw like, that as, yeah, right? I got really into that thread. <laughs> it's just this idea of something man-made but n- not steampunk so much but like industrialization like old factories mm. that kind of situation so Fosspunk is i like that because the generator is incredible and this idea that you have to keep feeding it all these thematic threads will kind of like come together and so mm. yeah i i'd recommend Fosspunk over this war of mine <laughs> but um yeah yeah i love that studio great games and i got the board games for both of them as well the board game for this war of mine is so good, and so is Frostpunk. They are both really great boarding adaptations of both of those games. So yeah, wow. have you That's had impressive. a chance? To, sorry, have you had a chance to play Frostpunk? Yeah, because I know that we we watched you unbox it <laughs> yes, on one of our earlier episodes. Yeah, you did. Dabbled, not so much as um, full on had it. I think it's again the. With board games, I think you have to kind of like balance your time is in, we need like a yeah. whole afternoon, Oh yeah, <laughs> to, an hour to set up and then like, yeah, an hour to, well, study the m- rules. multiple hours, to, an hour to study the rules and then, yeah, and then we need a break and all that. Yeah. Um, and eventually you just need your dining room table back and it's like, well. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. this war of mine, the, the board game for that is huge. It's the biggest board I've ever seen. Um, oh, wow. It literally took up our whole table. Um, but yeah, it's just a... It's just a good game. It's just it's just a good story, and it, I think I mentioned it before. But like the Frostpunk and this World of Mine board games have a scenario book, so it's very mm. similar to the games and the encounters that you come up against. That's really and, cool. Nice. But yeah, so <laughs> nice. <laughs> not as uh, not as a uh, cheery as some of the other games on my list, but I don't know why. I just well, yeah, it's incredible yeah. it captivated you for that long, considering the subject matter. But it, it must really just. You must have found it really compelling, I guess. I, I do like good games with challenging stories, I think. Mm-hmm. And, I, and there's not many of them. I think this no, war not, of mine is only him. the really like, yeah, I'm just having a quick think. I can't really think of any others that touch upon the same topics with the same nuances as this war of mine does. So mm-hmm. that's probably why, yeah, I keep returning to it. And it's, yeah, 
I don't have a good time, but it's a good. Isn't that weird? I. Yeah. It's like I have. It's a good game, and I enjoy playing it. But I also it's it's that balance of I don't really enjoy playing it either. It's a different experience. So, yes, I, I think I know what you mean. Fifty um, hours. Fifty <laughs> hours. We're not recommend that long. Christ. <laughs> I think it's a a balanced diet. You can't just always have the good things that make you feel good, right? Yeah. Sometimes you need the things that make you feel a bit bad and make you reflect on difficult things. And mm. yeah, I, yeah, I get it. I yeah, get right. that that pull. Yeah. And then my fourth one is Vampire Survivors. Because <laughs> of course hours? it is. 36.3. So nowhere near as many as other, other people's. I assure <laughs> people have played. I see you. Well. I, I wonder I if that's a good segue you. into my most played indie game. <laughs> which it is at, not. At 62 hours, uh, which which was at 60 this morning, but is now at 62 because I edited a <laughs> podcast this morning. Incredible. Vampire Survivors uh, is my most played indie game. I Amazing. will. Uh, we've already covered Vampire Survivors in an earlier episode. I think we covered it in episode one. So if you want to hear our full opinions on it, go back and listen to that. Mm. But. Vampire Survivors has had two pieces of DLC since December. The most latest, uh, the most recent one came out a few weeks ago. It adds a bunch of fairy tale stuff to the game. It adds an entirely new map and it adds a couple more characters. One of the new enemies is a little gnome that like <laughs> yeah. runs towards you like this. It's so good. I, I've realized, I was thinking about this. The indie games that have captivated me the most are games that I can play while doing other things. Mm. So even though I've played 62 hours of Vampire Survivors, it's usually when I'm editing a podcast because it lets me sort of like do something that I can half put my brain to, but still listen to the podcast and I can pause it easily and go back to the podcast and cut out whatever. So I think most of that 62 hours is from editing the EWS, this podcast. Mm Mm-hmm on the steam deck when i'm watching telly so i was thinking Mm -hmm. i'm eight hours into dredge which i still haven't finished but that feels like active brain time Mm. and in my head i'm like oh well i've played dredge more than vampire survivors when i definitely haven't but i think in terms of focused actual fully Mm. invested in the game time i don't really put much of it in vampire survivors so it does make sense as to why that game is so high my second most played indie game is factorio with 14 hours (laughs) That's the gap between those two games. 14 hours! <laughs> so, Rachel, yeah. So that that surprises that me. <laughs> yeah, that did, that did come out. What did you say that? I didn't say, I just, that does surprise me. You've not played any other games over 14 hours? Well, I have, but not indie games. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, that makes like, sense, actually. Monster Hunter Rise is like 45 hours. And then uh, is that, so what's the, Destiny what's the 2. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a lot in between those two, but mm. in terms of indie games, it's it, it's a pretty big gap between those two. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So how, let's let's move on to a very quick question, just to kind of get a gauge of how many games we have on Steam. I have five hundred and sixty-seven <laughs> games on my Steam account, which is disgusting. How many games Ooh. do you two have? Uh, I have five hundred and twenty-five. Oh, that's good. It's not far behind. Oh well. Oh, I thought mine was going to be shocking, but actually I'm way behind. I have either, depending on which version of my Steam profile you believe, I have either uh-huh. 204 or 236. And what I think might be happening there is I think one's counting DLC separately and one's uh, counting... Mm-hmm. Oh, one's right, not. interesting. So I think 204 is probably the real number. But yeah, with right. it, it's probably a, a combination of the fact that um, 
I obviously play across a lot of platforms, but I don't think that I'm unique in that. I yeah. may mm-hmm. not have, I don't know. I was going to say, I haven't been doing this job as long, but I'm actually not sure because I started like mm. mid 2019. So it's not that recent. But yeah, I feel like I feel like a, a lot of it comes from like codes for stuff. A lot of which I have yeah. either on Switch or on Epic. Yeah. Um, like if we looked at those, oh my gosh. But yeah, I am. Um, I honestly, I'm so surprised. I really thought that mine would be more <laughs> appalling. But now I'm like, it, it feels it feels kind of low now. <laughs> yes, I, you can feel safe in the still, knowledge that still obscenely yeah. high compared to the number I've actually played. Like, well, you know. that's that's my next question. <laughs> I think. Half of the games on my Steam account. Actually, I'm not saying I. I know this. I looked earlier. Just over half of the games on my account, I've never booted up once, mm. which is okay. Pretty I don't bad. have the data on this, but I can get it. <laughs> so I, I sort of had to guess with me. So I have 550 whatever games. Yeah, and I have maybe 30 or 40 that I haven't played. So I'm pretty sure Whoa. I've played. Yeah. I've played a lot of fucking games. <laughs> wow. I'm yeah. really exposing myself as the fake gamer that I actually am here. <laughs> I, I'm not going to come out of this looking good. Well, I don't know. Oh, I mean, playing that many games is kind of sickening as well. Like, Because, um, again, I was looking through when we decided the topic yesterday, because I was like, it can't, there must be more. And I went through all of them and I was like, no, it's that's pretty accurate. Like, Wow. Because for me, I get rid of games off my Steam that I... I know I don't want to play or demos that have stuck around and stuff. So oh, it right, might be okay. more. So like today I d- downloaded all the Ludo Narakon games. Uh, I'm, I've not encountered those, but that's like 20 demos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after Ludo Narakon, I will get them off my account. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, it's close to 500. Well, yeah, shockingly, 50. I've just been wow. counting it and I've only played 72, which is slightly under half of the total games on my count. Although I will say I have noticed with a number of those, Steam has somewhere dropped a memory of when I played it. I think maybe when I've yeah, switched I have from a couple like, like that. Yeah. I've, I've had it when I've switched from uh, from like pre-release demos or whatever to the main game. Sometimes Steam just like totally. And also speaking of Stardew Valley, I know that I've played Stardew Valley for more than Steam tells me. Not a lot more, but I'm like, it's mm. like oh, yeah. twice as much as Steam will admit. I'm like, where have you gone the rest of my time in Stardew Valley? Like, my save's still there. But Steam is like, you've played like yeah. four hours. I'm like, I have not played four hours. I've played more yeah, that's four wrong. hours of Stardew yes. Valley. Yeah. For sure. It didn't count playtime for a long time as well. So there's a lot of games on my account that have zero hours because I played mm-hmm. them in like the late 2000s. There is that issue as well, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what's the average playtime, do you think, for your for when you play games on Steam? I worked mine out because I'm a nerd. <laughs> how how did you work it out? I couldn't do mine. Um, I just I just wrote down my twenty most played games and their playtimes and ran them through a quick calculation to to take the average. Um, mm. which for me, my top ten, my ten most played games, I played for an average of thirty one hours each. Um, obviously, wow. there's there's quite a range in that because Max Gentleman is really pulling that average up significantly. Um, yeah. But that that feels right. You know, the top ten are all like story heavy, potentially like mini game heavy games that I've played to the end, and 31 hours on average feels pretty legit. Um, yeah. Counting the top 20 altogether, it then becomes like 20 hours, 20 and a half hours, which also feels kind of right because then you're onto some like shorter narrative heavy game. Because basically. As you can probably tell by now, Steam for me is like the indie and dating sim and visual novel machine with a little bit of like mm-hmm. puzzle games and um, adventure games. And like, there is a theme to what I play on Steam specifically. And it is very much 
the sort of game that will have like a uh, five to 15 hour runtime, maybe 30 hours to do everything. So that's where I'm at. Do you tend to finish most of the stuff you start? Oh, I'm trying to get better at that because I do, but it takes me like five years to finish a 20 hour game. (laughs) See, that's nuts. I always, I always finish stuff. I, I, I begin, especially with indie stuff. I, I, it makes me feel a bit anxious when I don't. It makes me feel a bit anxious as well. And you would think, therefore, that I would make more of an effort to not start <laughs> dozens and dozens of games and then never finish them because that would be like a really cool way of managing my own anxiety, um, which yeah. is what I'm trying to do. Oh, but also, me. I don't know, for me, because we write about games, I just feel like that I've played so much because I just feel like it's just part of my job and like I need a good base knowledge. Yeah. So, And since I've been writing about it for seven years now, that kind of reflects in my Steam library like seven years of game journal so that's probably why i haven't worked out my average which i wish i had but that's probably why i tend to play and finish a lot more then you know is normal maybe i don't know well what were you like before you became a games journal did you so did you tend not to finish stuff or so actually we were going to talk a bit about that right games that we just dipped into and then kind of yeah and a lot of, yeah, I, some of them come from there. So I didn't count them, but something like Super Meat Boy, which I played and was like, absolutely not. So that's like 10 minutes. So maybe wow. before, but actually still, I was still kind of like, because I've always, it's always been indie games for me. That's the thing. Yeah. So if I didn't like an indie game, after two hours, you'd be done. So it's like. Yeah, true. Yeah. Know. So I don't know. I just, that's just my personality. I think I just like. I like have I like reaching the end of the year and being like, yeah, I've played all the best indies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. absolutely. That's definitely something I'm trying to do more now. I, I guess like, you know, this is, I've only been in the industry a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm still quite fresh faced in one way, at least, you know, in terms of the industry. <laughs> so before I had a full-time job and I used to try and also keep up with the indie stuff, but I used to find myself bouncing around a lot. Like I, I yeah. would finish like a lot of big budget stuff on the PlayStation, but with smaller indies I'd, I'd sometimes be quite bad at keeping like up to date with everything so I'm, I'm really trying to be to be better at that now um and i find that now that i am full-time i'm the same as you i'm like yeah. okay well i want to finish it in in its entirety to get by the end of the year so i understand you know what's going on and, and yeah. what, what's on my list and stuff yeah but my average playtime is five hours like i'm so bad at sticking with stuff i'll, I'll oh, buy stuff and i'll play for a couple of hours and then i'll just i'll drop it for something else that catches my eye basically which again is something i think i'm getting a little bit better at yeah Uh, that was me for so long to be fair interesting why i've taken an average of my top 20 and not an average of everything (laughs) i did everything also looking through it though i'm like actually in terms of steam stuff i can only find one very story heavy game which is the sort of thing i usually finish that i have played for what two actually to be fair Mm. i'm forgetting disco elysium because i just wrote about that on the site and was like i've never finished disco elysium oh yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah there's only a couple of games that i've like actively bounced off of i think on here there's a lot of short games that i've finished and there's a lot of games that Mm. i haven't really started yet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there's yeah surprisingly low number for me because i know what i'm like across all platforms and i know how many when i go downstairs and i look at my uh my cabinet of like playstation and nintendo games how many are going to be staring at me like you bought me in 2018, mother. <laughs> mother. <laughs> when are you coming back? I don't know why I've given Please, them that personality. <laughs> Please unseal me from my cellophane prison. <laughs> For one glorious afternoon, mother. 
I was your favourite thing. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this. I've committed to this bit and I really regret it already. <laughs> this is worse. This is worse than admitting that I like NSFW dating sims. This whole bit so much more shameful to me. I'm so sorry. Hey, if it's shameful to do a character bit on this podcast, then someone needs yours, to fucking I, tell me. No, 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 no. Because yours are always actually thought through. That's the thing. Yours were not done on the spur of the moment. Oh, oh, like hey, that's that very generous of you, but thank you. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. The fact that I'm slowly just melting into a puddle of my own brain mush aside yeah i feel like Mm. weirdly i I don't know there's some clearly like activation barrier in my mind and like the sort of games i play on steam are clearly the sort of games i finish more than average don't know why absolutely no idea why but that seems to be what's happening i was thinking about games that i'd started and dropped and a lot of them are my on playstation the most recent god of war not ever returns to that um cyberpunk didn't return to that so all the Mm. ones that i've dropped are like big long annoying games that i've just like nope (laughs) i can't deal with this so i guess yeah if we're talking about that then (sighs) and i have less patience for those games because i'm like you were this much money you're this how many hours if you don't like if my attention is not grabbed within like the first hour then i'm not i think what this is over babes we're gonna break up like yeah, that's, and that's why I felt totally like fair. Before. I was like, I don't have time for this. I the other thing is, I could be playing three really stonking good indie games rather than just play through one chapter of God of War, where fucking Kratos doesn't stop chatting the whole time at me. So yeah, I don't know. I was literally about to say because I'm like the opposite. I'll finish all those. You know, <gasps> I, I finished Ragnarok, and did I enjoy it? Not really. I thought it was fine. But that was, I think I spent like 55 hours in that game. I did Mm. everything. Imagine all the indies I could have done in that time. And this year, that's been my New Year's resolution, is fill that time with smaller things that I know will have a bigger impact on me, that I know will enrich and nourish me, and and not just, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Um, Oh, I I think think Father Dringus is back. Hello, I've opened up my little slot. Uh, it's time for real <laughs> confession. <laughs> I'm going to rephrase your, that. Your so slot, good. Father. I meant like the confession thing. <laughs> father, how dare you? I'll start again. Hello, it's me. Uh, time for real confession. I want to know, I want to know two indie games you've got low playtime on and then three indie games you own but have never played. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> That's, that's so um i don't know i don't want to i don't want to sort of make implications against the the priesthood but that's like so diplomatic a way of putting it it's like just you know just my needs no judgment here <laughs> <laughs> my apologies to the father i literally got the questions immediately <laughs> i was distracted he wants to know he's gone now. He wants to know uh, what indie games you've got low playtime on and then also indie games you won but have never actually played. Right. Let's start with low playtime. Hmm. Shall I go first? I've got mine written down. Go for it, babes. So really shamefully, I got a code for Outlanders, the game we spoke about that I played in the uh, next fest. I've played it for a minute. Ooh, yeah. I need to change that. A minute is not enough. That's that's way too low. I, I actually it's a, a minute because I I booted it up by accident. Oh, <laughs> oh I have you saw two the games menu. like that. Yeah, I'm not counting. Oh, those do you? Because I'm just like, no, no, it doesn't count. <laughs> my other my other game is a, a Medieval, which is a New Blood developed 
uh, retro shooter that's a bit like Hexen that I've played for half an hour and I loved it. And that's exactly my kind of game. And I just never went back to it. So I really need to get <gasps> oh. back into that. Quite shameful. Those are the worst ones, isn't it? But it's like when you play a game and you love it and then you just, it just slowly sinks down the list and you're like, God damn it, one day I will so return. stuff just takes over. I know. Do. Oh, one day I will. No, I will. No, I will. I promise Bye. I will. As it goes <laughs> further down your most recently played Steam. Oh. Too real. There's enough Too time. Real, There's enough time before I age and perish, right? I'm going to live forever, right? Three games I own but never played. Uh, I've never played Undertale. I bought that when it came out. I know. It's so shameful. I was just going to say, though, because that, that was like my sixth one on my list was Undertale of most played I mean, games. Yeah. It, I played am that I game right so in thinking much. I'm going to love it? It feels like extremely my kind of shit. Yeah, exactly. 1000% babes. Sorry, yeah, go. Disco Elysium. Again, yeah. never played it. Own it, never played it. Spirit Farer is my third one. Oh, these are really was, good games. They're really good, aren't they? Well, Spirit Farer, during the pandemic, friend of the podcast, Yolly, like early in the pandemic, she was playing yeah. Spirit Farer. Mm-hmm. And it felt like every time I walked in the room, she was at the point where one of the animals in the game, you, you play like a shepherd, where you shepherd these animals into the afterlife. Every time mm. I walked in the room, she was saying goodbye to some animal. And I would sit and watch it for a minute and just burst into tears. And I don't yeah. think I'm emotionally ready to play that game in its entirety when just a small portion of it was basically killing me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are my games. That's quite an emotional trio. Because Undertale is funny, but that game also has a bit of a, a gut punch towards the end as well. A couple of oh, them, yeah. actually. So, prepare yourself. <laughs> and of course, of course D- Disco is on another level. Like, fuck, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, God. Rebecca, what are yours? I was about to say, can I do my next? Because there's actually a surprising amount of overlap here. Oh, yes, um, do it. So my two that I have low playtime on um, are Disco Elysium, which I've played for just under two and a half hours. Um, and mm. actually, yeah, there's uh, something's gone up on the site today with me talking about the fact that I've only played Disco Elysium for two and a half hours. And I feel really weird about it because it's, you know, it's such a foundational text for everything I'm into. And yet I just bounce really hard mm. off mm-hmm. it after one one playthrough i played it on march 29th 2020 steam is telling me and oh. i swear to god i put it down like frustrated with it but like i'll try again tomorrow and i have never opened it up again <laughs> the other one is the infectious madness of dr decker which is an fmv um, kind of mystery game which is the first in a, a f- sort of loosely connected series by diavecki studios Hope I've pronounced that right. Yeah, they do like a series of these kind of like surreal sort of mystery FMV games. And I, Mm. again, played it for one session, clearly 88 minutes in, uh, oh, the day after Boxing Day 2020. So, and that was at a point, I think the thing with that one is that was another kind of lockdown thing where I was at a point where I was just overloading myself with stuff. I did actually really enjoy that one, Uh but I was just like December 27th, 2020. I was probably in a bit of a state because it was like the first time I'd ever spent Christmas away from my family. So I was like, just trying to cram all these distractions into my life. And I was like, I could start this game. This yeah. game looks cool. I'll start this game. Um, and I played it and I was just, I enjoyed it, but I was like, I'm playing five, six narrative heavy mystery games at the moment. I just <laughs> have to drop one. And that mm-hmm. was the one that I just had the least investment in at the time. And so I have not yet gone back to it, but those are both games that I do intend to go back to because, you know, they are yeah. definitely my thing. The people I know who are into the same things as me are really into them and tell me I should play them. And I'm sure that they are mm. correct, but Time, time in your Interesting. life. Interesting, you know, as you were saying. Yeah. Um, and my three that I own but haven't played, Undertale, 
which ah. the reason I wanted to mention Undertale was because obviously there are, you know, 130 games on this account that I've not played yet. So I had to be a little selective with what I chose. Yeah, Undertale <laughs> was notable because I had no idea. I had no memory of owning Undertale. It must be a humble bundle. That's where most of these have come from. Yeah. Um, but I was, yeah. I was surprised today to learn that I own a copy of Undertale. That's funny. The other one, Paradise Killer. We've talked about this before. You know oh, I it. Know you I know it. it. I need to play Paradise Killer. I've owned it for a while. Yeah, you do. And the last one is uh, Haven Park, which I mentioned because I installed it just before Christmas. Like, oh, maybe it would be nice to have a nice little cute Animal Crossing, oh, alter- like yes. indie one on, mm-hmm. for over Christmas. And I just still haven't touched it, despite sort of queuing it up a few months ago. So yeah, those are my three. Oh, I forgot about that. Damn. Turns out when you Google Haven Park, you get uh, Haven the Holiday Park chain in the UK is the top result. Oh. Don't know what I expected. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love it when that happens. Seven. I, I typed Lake, as in Lake the Game, into Google and just immediately was surprised and I was like, what is the, where's the game? Oh, man. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do that all the time as well. You know, I was just, it reminds me of a, of a funny guides anecdote, which is... Ooh, yeah. Um, which I've been reminded of because I'm looking at my most played list and New World is quite up there. It's probably my most uh, my most up there work game is New World on Steam. And um, you know what happens when you try and type New World into, into like Google Trends? <laughs> you mostly get cricket results is what happens. Oh God. And Trends has no way of differentiating between New World, the Amazon Studios MMORPG, and probably some Pocahontas movie from the early 2000s and probably... Oh god, yeah, of course. Various cricket game. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. It was a That's it was funny. a heck of a time trying to work out what people were actually searching for with New World. <laughs> what about you, Rachel? So <laughs> my brain today. So the games that I've played and want to return yeah. to. Okay, yeah. so for that one is Ori in the Blind Forest. Honestly, Ooh. out of my knowledge, this has been a gap for me for so many years. Like I need, I played like an hour when it released and just never returned to it. And it's now, it's just been something that's just been eating me away. Like, oh, it's like, it's a really big one. It's like big indie as well. And I've just never gone back well, to it. So definitely want to go back to that one. Can I throw a very small spanner in the works? Do it. That's Microsoft Game Studios, isn't it? Yeah. <gasps> so is it indie? Going, going back to our... I refer you back to I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, I don't know whether that's is that indie or not. I actually don't know because in my head I thought it was, but when it came out, oh, but they have the definitive edition now. See, I don't have the definitive edition, so ah, loophole. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play Ori the Black Forest, the original version, which probably runs like crap. But yeah, uh, question mark next to Ori then, and the other one was Rain World. This oh, game, Rainworld. oh, I had a, like, I played it um, a couple of years ago and I was terrible at it. Um, it's a survive. it's a really like hardcore survival game where you play as like this cute cat, cat slug type thing in this very <laughs> intense nature world that kind of wants to gobble you up and eat you. And I was shockingly bad at it, like terrible. And I was just like, nah, I can't play this game. Fuck it. But so now I kind of want to go back and see if I have the same experience with it or, you know, install a couple of mods to help me out. But it's something I definitely want to go back to because the atmosphere in that game is ridiculously good, I've heard. 
and um, the music and just environmental storytelling. So I definitely want to go back to that one. So those are my two, if not one, if we're brutally taking Ori out of the indie game running. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and what was the other one we were answering? Three you won, but have never actually played, which might be oh, hard okay. for you because it sounds like you've played majority of what you have installed. The House of Fata Morgana. I've always wanted to play for so long. I knew Rebecca, you'd probably be into that. Yeah, because it's, it's supposed to be one of the best visual novels of like all time. And it's just been staring at me for so long. And I'm like, I will play you one day. But again, like we said, it's going down the list, down. And it's quite long as well. And I was like, oh, a lot yeah. of reading. Got to be in the so, right mood. It's a real visual novels, visual yeah. novel. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, yeah, a big yep. old visual novel. And the yep. other one is Darkest Dungeon. Uh, I've not. I've mm. wanted to play Darkest Dungeon for years. The second one's coming out literally next month, and uh, yeah, I've just never, never played oh, it. You'd and I really love want Darkest to. Dungeon, mate. That's I like feel like I would. Yes. You. Yeah. Oh, one day, and I don't want to play two without playing the like playing the first one. So yeah, yeah I need to get into that because uh, it it looks very yeah my kind of thing. The art style is so good as well. Oh. It's great. And it's yeah. great how they get like they get little debuffs and stuff and mm-hmm. they start to go like lose their minds and or yeah. get like bleeding out and oh that game's so good. God damn it. So yeah, those so, two so for staring at me. There's too many Just... games, pals. There's too many. Yeah. There really is. Rebecca, uh... you this idea has been such a good engine for recommendations <laughs> in a in quite a unique yes. way like yes. i feel like we've spoken about games we just wouldn't normally speak about i mean that's that's what i was kind of hoping for when i threw out the suggestion um mm. i think i'm a little yeah. sadder about all the great games that i'm just not sure i have time to play than i was hoping i, know, I would same. be by the end of the discussion but no i'm really <laughs> i'm really happy with how this has gone this has been oh it's been a, a cool chance to talk about how we use right? Steam as well i think has been really true really interesting mm. Yeah, agreed. Uh, oh, we should probably hear God. from Dringus. Should we hear from Dringus? Oh, what the hell's Dringus? Oh, come here, Dringus. You want to come in? <laughs> oh, thank you for... Oh, my voice has changed. I can't remember what I was doing before. Thank you for telling me your confessions. I absolve you of your indie sins. Yay! Thank uh, you. Except for Liam, who got really hung up on the Microsoft Studios thing when it wasn't relevant. You can, <laughs> I accuse you of being a dumb man. Uh... If uh, I, I can absolve you of your sins via email, you can email podcast at rockpapershotgun.com and let me know your indie sins or get on the Discord and do that as well. That's confusing Amazing. why I would recommend I that. I can't wait but to see mind. what we get. <laughs> Same. We Friend actually have podcast. access to that. E- why am I still doing the voice? We actually have access to that email now. So yeah. we can read your emails. So please do send them over. Uh, yeah, bye, Dringus. Nice. You were terrible. We'll never hear from you again. Uh, oh, Dringus just fell down a flight of stairs and he died. Oh, well. No! What Dringus! So young. God, he had his whole life ahead of him. <laughs> At Steve. All the indie games you'll never play. That's oh. quite grim, really. Oh, Should this we move is, no, on? that's getting too real. Come on, let's, uh, <laughs> let's do the next bit, please. <laughs> so... We're going to have a little chat about stuff we've been playing, indie games, in that. Rebecca, do you want to start us off? It's been a busy few weeks, and uh, I'll actually probably get into that a little more later in my hyperfixations section. But I've been playing a few games, although it's been odd because Ooh. I realised I'm playing like 
a few visual novels, all of which are by major publishers, which is just just weird and unusual. Um, so mm. I literally today finished The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's oh, yeah? And uh, I'm also playing Paranormal Sight, Seven Mysteries of Honjo, which is Square Enix. And so usually I'd be like, oh, when, when you said, shall we do another what we've been playing section? I was like, cool, I've been playing loads of visual no- Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Every major studio has suddenly decided they like visual novels again. Um, oh, yeah. And they're not Indian, so I can't really go into them. But yeah, those have been... There's been a lot of what I've been playing recently, but I've also been playing Betrayal at Club Low, mm-hmm. um, which yes. is this week's, although last week's by the time the pod goes out, RPS Game Club. It's called the RPS Game Club, right? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm involved in it, and yet I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. Um, yeah, so over on the site on Rock, Paper, Shotgun, we are doing a new a newish thing where every month we we pick a game which is either um it's usually something that's on game pass or that's quite cheap um it's quite short so that just as many of the staff and readers as want can can play it and go get together and have a big live live discussion about it and i've joined in this month's with betrayal at club low which is a cosmo d kind of like uh an rpg kind of point and click adventure mystery thriller type game which i I have now completed um, several times, actually, because it's it's nice and short. Oh, really? Well, I say completed several times. Um, Cosmo D is one of my favourite devs immediately, having never played any of the games before, because they let you save manually across, like, ten save slots, mm-hmm. so you can actually experiment with with different options, different outcomes, and I'm like, oh... Thank you so much. That is my cru- that is one of one of my crusades, I should say. I, let's yeah. be honest, I have multiple crusades, but one of them is, <laughs> like... We love point to see and click it, mystery games. You should be allowed to. You should be allowed to to manual save and then load and then and then choose your outcomes. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yes, I've been playing Betrayal at Club. Low. I don't know how much I should say on the pod because we have so much coverage of it over on the site as well. I don't know whether to just like redirect people towards a cut, particularly because I wrote an article on it yesterday, which I am hesitant to just regurgitate in full. But at, mm. at the same time. Uh- Go My for it, because not everyone's is... going to read it. That's true. I think it's, it's definitely worth doing it. Yeah, yeah. And I want to hear it from your mouth, yeah. your lips. Oh, I want to hear your words. Cool. <laughs> My brain is just on rails today, and I'm like, I could probably more easily just replicate a 500-word article that I wrote yesterday than have an original thought today. <laughs> Go for it, babes. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, it's actually it's pretty relevant to what we've been talking about, because I was comparing it to sort of Disco Elysium. Mm. Um, in that it's got I think it's got a lot of similarities with Disco Elysium right they've got this sort of like yeah. it, it's it's not just in that they're RPGs with like a lot of stat checks in them although they are both presented like that but there's the fact that they have the sort of the CD the CD underworld sort of settings they're not really set in the real world but they are set in something approximate to the real world so it feels quite familiar yeah and I was basically just comparing it to Disco Elysium not in that I don't mm. like Disco Elysium because I do I think it's an amazing game but it is a it is an for me, at this point, it feels a bit inaccessible just because of how yeah. huge it is and how the the one time I played it, I got caught in this loop of failure where I just I was like, I'm gonna have to restart this entire game. Yeah. Um, which was really off-putting. And like the fact that with with Betrayal at Club Low, you can if you if you had to do that, if you had to restart entirely, it's like a two to three hour game. So Yeah, it's so short. It's it's so short, but it is It's nice. It brings all the same I would say it brings all the same kind of atmosphere. Obviously, like the world building of Disco Elysium, I know I've barely scratched the surface, but there's mm. so much to it. But then I suppose with Betrayal at Club Low, it's like the the fourth or fifth in this sort of series of loosely connected, um, yeah, oh, is it yeah. off Peak City games? Yes, it um, is. Yeah, yeah, and so it's kind of like there is that that wider world to it. If you want to go into it, I have oh, not yet, okay. but I would like to. Um, it, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's 
it was it scratched the right itch for playing an involved mm. RPG, but in like the time it takes to watch a movie, which was just really mm-hmm. satisfying because I love RPGs. I rarely get to play them anymore because, as we have discussed many times, there is just so much going on. There's so much to yeah. keep up with. RPGs are always the first thing in my experience to kind of slip. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still... I, I was late to Mass Effect and I've barely got any way into Mass Effect. I'm barely into like Cyberpunk 2077, all these big RPGs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Disco Elysium, as I say, one that I've bounced off of. Whereas Betrayal at Club Low, you just, you get the full experience. And I, I do think it is such a complete experience, but it's just, it's so blissfully short. I'm all yes. about the short games. <laughs> also, the the difficulty settings help. The... Um, the fact that you can make your own scenario helps as well. So you can, mm. if you don't want any challenge at all, you just want a good time. You can whap it on easy and then just like have a, have a bunch of fun rolling lots of dice and meeting cool <laughs> characters. Like, yeah, I, I've only played through it once and that's exactly how I played it. I did it the easiest difficulty because I just wanted, I think I played the first, um, maybe 10 minutes and something died. I, I don't remember how I died. I think I had an existential crisis or something. Um, and then so I played it again. I was like, I kind of just want to do, I want a good time with this. So yeah, wrapped on easy, set my own scenario where I think people are a bit more lenient with your chaotic behavior that you can do in that game. The, the actual yes. like stuff you could do is bonkers. So they're a bit more like, okay, cool. You kind of, yeah, I, I get the vibe with me. And so yeah, I had a great, had a great two hours exactly what you said like it's such a accessible game that you can just yeah play within the time of like a movie or whatever yeah it's it's delightful and uh, i would i would really love to be able to say come and join us for the uh for the the live discussion but that'll be in the past by the time the episode goes out which i feel i feel sad about but um yeah do definitely check it out if that sounds like your thing there's a lot of coverage of it over on rps site at the moment and um Mm. yeah just a just a delightful little delightful little snack you can complete in a single evening love it yeah for sure love games like that what you've been playing rachel I've been playing, well, I played a preview for a game that's not quite out that, out yet. It's The Cosmic Wheel of Sisterhood, and it's Deconstruct Team's new game, which doesn't have a release date yet, but um, I think there might be a demo for this one. Let me double check, because they seem like the kind of studio who would put a demo out there. But um, if you're kind of familiar with the team's work, they did Red Strings Club. They've done a collection of smaller games called um, S's on Empathy. They've been on itch for a, a heckin' long time, um, mm. just releasing small small games about kind of bonkers situations. But the thing that kind of ties them all together is that these games are incredibly smart with the way that they have they make dialogue or like kind of inspire dialogue. So in Red Strings Club, you play as a bartender who's trying to like coax like um, corporate espionage out of like the people who drink cocktails there. And you do that through making cocktails and like kind of reading into their lives. And so that vehicle of, you know, being a, a passive bartender, you know, tell me your woes kind of situation is ways that people can like kind of like a... um kind of like a priest you know they just kind of like unload onto you and so this is kind of the same do you like how i tied that in where did he go oh no he's dead isn't he uh in memoriam it's fine (laughs) and so yeah this game does the same thing it takes a very kind of bonkers idea and 
this conversational aspect of it is in this game through tarot reading you read people's fortunes and through your cards the cards that you pull and from them wanting to know stuff about themselves you get to create you kind of piece together a portrait about who you're speaking to is and what they're about um so you play as also i love this game but her name's fortuna and i think that was a bit too on the nose but that's just me Mm. um (laughs) fortuna is an exiled witch who has to set, um, live out her sentence of a millennia on an asteroid floating through space. And she gets kind of bored. She doesn't have Netflix or an Uno deck on her, so she decides to summon a god and make a pact, which is, you know, Gil, Gil vibes, was it? <laughs> what am I trying to say? You know, like sleepover. <laughs> Just if you do like a girly sleepover, she's like, let's summon a god. So, ah, yes, yes, she... Uh, <laughs> you know kill things classic Um, sleepover activity absolutely (laughs) so she summons a god and um this god is also they share this kind of forced isolation this god has also been in asleep for thousands and thousands of years and and is not woken up from their slumber for as much you know as often as they'd like so they kind of bond over this idea that they're both very lonely it's been a long time and they're the first people they've both spoken to and yeah, thousands of years. Or in her case, 200 years, which is... Oof. Um, yeah, and they make a pact. Uh, the deal is that he will grant her magical properties and give her a fresh deck of cards. And she can gain magical abilities when she gives people fortune-telling readings. Yeah, it's. I played an hour of the preview. Very good. It was like the first hour of the game, so it's the whole setup. Um, another cute thing is that when you make... You can make your own tarot card, tarot cards. So when you kind of make your pact, it's over the course of five days. And each of those days is dedicated to building one card. So they cover the four elements. And then the fifth day is like the final day. Mm. And so over the course of five days, you're given a number of um, backgrounds, images, characters to essentially collage yourself a a card face and depending on what um what what options you choose and elements you decide upon it dictates what the card mean what the card means when you pull it so it could be pride prosperity power um revenge um all these different elements which you know the combination of stuff you can build is ridiculous i played it through i played it through twice and there was you know ridiculous number of options you can choose and cards you can make um so yeah you make you'll make your cards but just before your pact is sealed another witch comes to visit you and she says hey i've been assigned to your case um we think something might be up so i'm just here to visit you and tell you that's what's going on hey can you read my fortune (laughs) and she's so fortuna's like go on okay that's fine and so you kind of get a glimpse of how this card deck tarot situation is going to play out so when you're reading people's fortunes and the cards that you've created and are put into play it's like you can pull pieces of story story threads out of that character so uh, for an example like so she wants to know um she asked the question what you know what's my job going to be like like what's the future of my job so i pulled a card out of my deck and it was one that was like prosperous so it was like oh the good thing is you're going to be successful at your job great um and then i pulled another one and i made this like really like intense card with like this like 
soldier who's bandaged up like in like a hellish like situation oh with like a, a like a sword in her back like some of the images you can choose from are really evocative so i pulled this card and the description that comes with it is oh yeah but to get that she's going to have to kill a fellow witch um which is drama and yeah so i told her that she obviously wasn't that happy about it but it's just <laughs> this idea that the cards that you make will pull pieces of information from different characters and because of the number of cards like different combinations like it blows my mind how much information you can like each person each player will be able to uncover about the people they meet yeah so yeah it's just it's a it's a cool concept like their concepts for their games are so cool this is another one that i i would just never would have thought of it ever in a million years and yeah i'm really looking forward to playing the rest and like i said before there's no release date yet but hopefully this year or maybe next year that sounds absolutely incredible and the card system sounds really interesting i love that you're making these cards that's then encouraging them to talk to you about things that are related they've been making this for a while i imagine because red strings club came out 2018 i want to say yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, I think the thing is they're only a three-person dev team. So I don't know whether mm. they were having downtime because Red Strings was pretty big. Mm. Or yeah, maybe they've been making this for for yeah, many years. Um the build seemed really strong and complete. It seemed there was nothing like mm-hmm. weird or off about it. It was a, the idea is so well thought out. Because yeah. there's another aspect as well that I touch upon very quickly is that each day you're also asked a question so you can kind of build yourself as a character as well. And um, you can pick up from a, de- a number of different answers. But I, after hearing her story, I kind of wanted to answer like this young woman was out for revenge. She was out for blood, that she wanted to sacrifice her coven to get the powers like that she wanted. And so I chose all these really like salty answers. <laughs> so so the god would be like, hey, what do you want the most out of life? And I was like, power. And he was like, oh, cool. <laughs> uh, um, what are you willing to sacrifice to uh, to get these powers? And I was, zero hesitation. I was like, I will, I, I will sacrifice my whole coven to get these powers. Wow. And he was like, vibe okay cool yep 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 all right awesome because he the character the god is really funny as well he's very down to earth so he's just like yeah so i was playing her as someone who's very you know she wanted revenge and i played through a second time you can go through a different route as well but i like that one the best i like playing as as someone who is yeah hell-bent on getting justice for what happened to her that's so Um, cool and yeah, and so it's just all these different ways of character building all kind of combined in this, yeah, this game where you're building yourself through small interactions, you're pulling threads out of other people for small interactions, and yeah, relationships will be built or demolished based on what you choose, which is, yeah, fantastic. Wow. That sounds incredible. Like, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for that because I loved Red Strings Club and mm. that just sounds like an advancement on that very particular yes. like style they have of making games and how character-driven they are and how strange and unique their settings are. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, yeah. Again, it's called The uh, the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Um, It's a bit of a mouthful. Not. Mm. It's a cool title, but I feel like it's a bit... It's a bit too wordy for me, but it's still, it does capture the vibe of the game. So I can't really (laughs) hate on it too much. Like it definitely captures 
like what the game's about so but yeah the cosmic Mm. wheel sisterhood it sounds like i've been sitting here this entire time thinking this game sounds amazing and just something like on the edge of my brain was trying to was trying to connect and i was like i loved strange horticulture when i played it last year and it sounds like the sort of game that will although not exactly the same in the way that it's it's implemented it sounds like it could occupy that same sort of headspace you know where you've got the kind of the business of being kind of in this unusual profession yes you're just kind of like you've got your day-to-day going on but you've also got these sort of amazing cosmic things happening around you and okay i'm just so i'm so glad that the connection got made because i was just sat here like with my my slow slow thursday brain in a busy week just like there is something (laughs) in here that is trying to but that's a that's a really astute observation because the way that you grow and choose different plants in strange horticulture is is a a cool way of like storytelling like these mini mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. are vehicles for interesting conversations between people which having them just talk about it would be boring right so mm. having these ways of interacting with people in a shop situation or being a bartender or a witch is like is great it's just a really cool vehicle in which to tell your spooky story so yeah oh, that's a really nice. good connection for sure liam what about you what have you been playing i have been playing a game called against the storm by eremite games this was given away to our rps supporters who have subscribed for an annual plan i got very jealous that they were getting it for free (laughs) so i reached out to the dev who very kindly provided me with the code and i have poured six hours into this game in the last four days uh, as we've just discussed in section one quite rare for me but this game feels (laughs) like it was custom made for my brain oh my god a management-based city builder, uh, a resource management-based city builder, I should say, where you play as a viceroy for this queen who lives in this little city on a volcano. And your job is to establish these outposts in the wilderness to gather resources for the main city. But what happens every couple of years is there's this cataclysmic storm that encroaches and stops at the volcano city. And it destroys the surrounding area, including all of your outposts. And that's the hook of this game, is that it's a roguelike city builder, which I have never played before. Oh, that's cool. Everything is randomised. All the tiles around the city, uh, all the biomes are randomised every time the storm comes in. So then you reach out for a couple of places, you establish outposts, and you've got to start again every time. And each tile, each biome has different stats. So... Just like in any roguelike, they have their own unique traits. And the buildings you start with are also randomised. And the resources. So you establish a little city and you'll think, okay, well, what kind of resources do I have? Okay, well, I have clay, I have eggs. And then you go try and work out, well, what do I do from this point? Like, What kind of uh, production lines can I set up? And how do I keep my citizens happy? Because our citizens are different animals. So humans, they're really happy if they have pie. But beavers, they really love (laughs) pickled goods. So you've got to try and keep them happy by establishing these different production lines with the randomised buildings you're given and also the randomised resources. Now, the the aim of each run, basically, is Mm. to complete a number of goals for the queen before she grows so impatient, she basically says, fuck off out of there, come back to the city. So you're constantly fighting against this ever-growing bar while the queen's, you know, tapping a watch, being like, get sorted. <gasps> and every time you complete a goal, which are also randomised, it knocks down her impatience and pushes you towards victory. 
And these goals are things like deliver 50 eggs or keep your humans happy for 30 seconds, things like this. And the main hook of the game is in these biomes, these tiles that you're building these little settlements in, there are different glades. There are small glades and larger glades, which are more dangerous. And the game basically incentivizes basic management activities. So cutting down trees is how you explore in this game. So you enter a glade and the glade will have something in it, such as a pile of resources or an event you have to try and solve. Mm. And it's so complex. There's so much going on. You know, you're trying to be like, okay, well, I need to get pickled goods for my beavers. (laughs) But to do that, I need four different types of vegetables, which, and I have one. Okay, so I've got the vegetables, but actually I either need barrels or I need pots. Okay, well, I can make barrels using these buildings that I have, but oh God, I need this different type of building. Maybe if I complete enough tasks, I can be given that building because every time you complete a couple of tasks, you're able to get a reward of a different type of building. And why have we never had a roguelike city builder? It works so well. It's ingenious. I can't really? believe how good it is. Because you know what the best part of a city builder is? The best part, the cat is biting my hand. Can you just give me a second bit? Is that all right? She knows the best part. I was going to say, I really wanted to, to commentate and let people know that Liam has done an incredibly admirable job. That entire oh. description, there was a cat pretty much in your face the entire time, the time. and you just kept oh. going it was so pro I'm so used to it now so pro <laughs> she's so cute so the the best part of a city builder hmm. is the start you've got this blank canvas and you're just looking at it and you're thinking okay well what can i do here what kind of things can i put here and it's really exciting to start building the buildings and do these little micro decisions of what you're going to do next and thinking a couple of steps ahead and then against the storm once you get to that point where it starts to get a bit dull you either win or you lose and then you move <laughs> on to a completely different biome And after a couple of games, so let's say about five, six hours in, it wipes the board clean and says, okay, venture out, try again. What's going to happen this time? And you're leveling up. Every time you level up, you get new buildings added to the pool, new perks, new buffs, new debuffs, new animals, foxes, (gasps) harpies. You know, harpies love... Harpies love working with cloth, but they also need a bathhouse with some tea to be really happy. And this game is fucking fantastic last episode i said dredge is the best game i've played this year <gasps> against the storm has took it already it really has it's well, now I have so to play it. bloody good it looks incredible each biome is different it sounds amazing the soundtrack is so good little little old liam who loves the settlers who is just being desperate for a smart complex research based uh, resource based management sim I'm I'm living right now. I cannot stop playing it. Oh, man. It's Damn. absolutely I'm fantastic. I'm so glad because as soon as you said roguelike city builder, I was like, yeah, we've lost Liam to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done. He's disappearing into again. the distance. He's found his new home. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because a lot of roguelikes, especially with randomized features, can get like really frustrating super quickly. So it's good yeah. to hear that this one has a good balance of sort like how much of it is randomized are we talking here you said resources goals it sounds like a lot of it is a, a lot of it is uh, and i that's, think it's in so early smart. access and i think they've been working oh, yeah. with uh community loads you know most people oh, in the yeah. comments are saying oh well you know they've changed this they've added this and where's that benefit other things um but i think the the trick is it has 
each time you embark on a new settlement, you can choose from, I think, five or six difficulty modes. Oh, okay. And that helps. That helps a lot. So I'm playing on the easiest at the moment and it's still challenging, Mm -hmm. but it's great to know that if I ever start to get a little bit bored, I can increase that. And I think that might be the trick there is instead of trying to hyperbalance everything, they've given Mm -hmm. you that difficulty uh, modifier that kind of just makes things a bit more punishing. So I think at the moment they don't eat as much food. So I always have an abundance of food. So my people are always naturally going to be that like base level happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I get more rewards if I try and do a, a bigger difficulty. But yeah, I don't know how they're doing it. I, I think the team are just really smart. <laughs> it looks nice as well. It looks really nice. Looking really game. nice. Yeah. The buildings are detailed. The characters are detailed. Like that's the thing with city builders, right? Is that you want buildings to stick out and represent what they do right so like yes, with woods cutters house you want water mill you want the yeah. water going through like making bread and stuff so this is nice in that every building just from the screenshots i know exactly what it does like it's yeah it looks nice it looks really nice it considering it's dark fantasy as well which i think can be quite oh. a grotty looking visual mm. style mm. so the things you are collecting a lot of the food if you have like gatherers they'll be getting these horrible little shrimp parasites to eat or oh. you get a lot of meat from these dead um like leeches so Ooh. there are parts of it that are quite grotty but somehow it still manages to look visually appealing <laughs> um yeah yeah against the storm incredible. don't miss it it's just come to steam it was an epic exclusive for a year and i think it's and it's overwhelmingly it? positive already on steam it does not need my recommendation to boost it but check it out because i am i am lost i'm lost and i will <laughs> never be found and i've never been happier <laughs> uh, imagine that's my wish list good how much is it nice oh there's a discount right now as well 25 percent so it's 13 pounds yeah. very nice worth very nice. every penny shall we move on to some hyperfixations? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. So all that's left before we finish is our hyperfixations, the things that have been occupying our brains for the past fortnight. Rachel, would you like to start? Oh, yeah, go on then. We were having a chat yesterday as three, and I don't know how we started it. I think, Liam, you brought up how much you liked Gossip Girl. And then I was like, well, have yep. you seen the <laughs> the YouTube video essay talking about each season of mm. Gossip Girl? And then I started <laughs> popping off about how much I really like YouTube video essays. And so, yeah, that is my hyperfixation. I, after our conversation, I went and watched that one, then watched ah. a couple more. And then I started making a playlist of the ones that I actually do want to watch. And then I went onto TikTok and then looked at the ones that people were recommending. And now my to watch list is like 20, 20 videos long. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, this was definitely my hyperfixation for, if not last <laughs> night, it is now. I'm in it. <laughs> this is real. That's a fresh um, hyperfixation. That's amazing. <laughs> fresh from last night. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like... Uh, watching youtube i i've been watching youtube for years now i've seen the the rise and fall of many different fads and crazes but i'm really living for this long form youtube content that's been around a couple of years now where people just get really in depth about the most random things and people find it incredibly interesting including myself and i'm sure you too as well mm. so yeah i've just i i have a tier system of 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 a uh, of video essays i have my god tier video essays 
That's my first my playlist. Then I have great video essays, which is another playlist. Then I have another playlist for video game specific essays. And then I have another playlist for ones that are a bit more serious that I probably should go back to and like rewatch, like, and maybe with like, like proper pay attention. But my favorite ones are the ones that touch upon pop culture, weird internet stuff, and just, yeah, the most mundane, but also incredibly interesting niche topics. Those are my yep. top three. So, yeah, I was like, should I give some recommendations? And then I was yeah, like, yeah, please shout there's out. A, Absolutely. There's a lot. There's what was the lot. channel name? You shared a channel with us yesterday. Right. So Mike's Mike is my ultimate favorite one. He is very much focused on early 2000s um, TV shows. He's done Pretty Little Liars, Gossip Girl. Um, he did Glee. By the way, I've not seen any of these shows. I think I saw the first two seasons of Gossip Girl, but I don't know anything about Glee. But I watched like his four hour videos. and I think he's done three of them as well about each of the seasons of Glee. Because this this guy is all personality. It's just recaps. They don't really go into that much depth, but his personality and like oh it's so he's amazing and yeah he's about to do lost soon which i'm oh, i i cannot oh, wait i've I seen a couple of that. i've seen a That'll couple be, of lost essays yes. but with his personality it's going to be so fun to watch so again mike's mike is like yeah mike's that's mike. my top one um i mean there's jenny nicholson she's gray there's sarah z so maybe i should give like a little okay i'll give like the best video from each of them Mm -hmm. so jenny nicholson is known for her vampire diaries video which is again never seen it once again (laughs) incredible video about the vampire diaries and you know the the kind of cultural shift around it and just how weird it is and slightly out of touch everything was at that time and the writers strike great awesome so definitely that video i also love quinton's um i think his channel name is just quinton but he he's done a bunch of ones on iCarly and victorious which are two uh, nickelodeon shows that i again did not watch but also are incredibly interesting and he just makes it just yeah he just makes them incredibly engaging and again he's just really funny in general and then more like internet deep dives. Um, Super Eye Patch Wolf has done a couple of videos mm. on uh, Garfield. So like the way that Garfield, like the internet kind of worships <laughs> Garfield now. He's done one on Sonic the Hedgehog. He did a really good one on The Simpsons as well. Like the mod- the bizarre modern day reality of like how we look back at The Simpsons and all the, the subculture around it. So Ooh, he's good. really great. If we're talking about video games... Jacob Geller, his video game ones. I mean, to be honest, they're not necessarily just strictly about video games, but normally he'll use something as a jumping off point. So like any of his stuff, I'm talking Fear of the Cold. Um, He did one called Fear of Depths, which is amazing. I'm pretty sure he's done one one. about... um, the sea, Liam, which I'm sure you'll appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see if I can find it. Um, So he is... Oh, Artificial Loneliness in Red Dead... That yeah. was really good. The decade-long quest for Shadow of the Colossus's language. That was so good. Oh, Last Secret, even. Yeah, I mean, I could go on. There's so many. Oh, that was the other thing I did. I, I've i pinpointed two very specific videos for each one of you from Ooh. different people. Ooh. I like I this. I think you might I like. I like that, okay. Uh, so... 
Yes. So you go, you go. We've been talking as well. I thought of another channel you'll like, so I can I can gift back at the end of this. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm just gonna quickly find them. They're definitely in my god tier essays. (laughs) Um because I don't want to get the title wrong or shit. How do I do this? Right, Liam, for you. It's someone called Nakey Jakey, and his one is called Pizza Hut PS1 Demo Discs. It's about the history of, you might have seen it, of, um, you know, like when people were, like when com- video game companies were putting demo discs in literally everything and Pizza Hut did one. It's five minutes long. It's really short. And he is slightly unhinged, slightly chaotic. And yeah, <laughs> with your, you know, you love all your retro stuff, so... Definitely I, that one for you. <laughs> I love that you know me well enough that you pinpointed Nakey Jakey is a, is, a, is a good match for me. What I will tell you is not only am I obsessed with Nakey Jakey, <laughs> but his album from last year, one of the best, and his song, Not Dead Yet, uh, yes. helped me get over, weirdly helped me get over my fear of flying. And I listen to that song every time <gasps> the plane fantastic. takes off as the chorus kicks in. It has become a comfort to me. That's how, that's how important Nakey Jakey is to me. That's so, so yes, good. you yes! know me very well, my friend. That, that was what you <laughs> recommended. And that was the first video I ever saw by him. So very good me recommendation. Me too. And you know what? He's done some others. Like he's done um, the one that I like is like Mums in Video Games. I, re- I really like Ooh. his critique that was great, on that one. the design of Red Dead and The Last of Us, like Naughty Dog yeah. games, the, the, that they're outdated. Like I really like that. But yeah, the Pizza Hut demo disc one is iconic. Oh, so good. And then it's for so you, funny. Rebecca, I've uh-huh. picked out a Sarah Z one because she does a lot of um, fandom, shipping culture, Tumblr stuff. And the one that I thought for you, she, she's done a lot. She did um, the, super, uh, the Supernatural ship. She's done John Locke ship. She's done the Wansler <laughs> fandom from Tumblr, which is bizarre. Um, but yes, the one... Oh, here it is. Fandom's biggest, biggest controversy, the story of pro-shippers versus antis. Oh, good luck. See, it's so interesting that you bring that up because this is all the fandom stuff that I don't get involved in but find really interesting from a like, sociological perspective. So, I'm the same. I'm like, yeah. I was never really involved with these kind of like, with these like rabid fan bases. But that one is about the idea of people like supporting ships and people who yeah are anti-shipping and i think they mm-hmm. use the hannibal ship um it's hannibal and will from hannibal as a good ex- a good jumping up point of like toxic mm-hmm. relationships and queer relationships and how you know a lot of that is intertwined it's really mm-hmm. good so i highly recommend that i one will have to you. check that out thank you because yeah it's, it's quite funny that you mentioned like supernatural and sherlock and all the stuff that was like really in the zeitgeist Yes. Like at that certain time. Oh my goodness. That's right. like a real nostalgia hit for me as well, just talking about that. Yeah, All same. That stuff there as it, well. It's oh, like a so slice good. of a slice of internet history that yeah, I was really not part is. of, but it's fascinating. Yes. Like I am I am glad to be well out of my sort of like teenagers in fandom spaces, but it is so interesting to kind of like look at it at one remove. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Sarah Z's very, very good for doing check that. that out. Yeah, um, so I'll, I'll we... link to everything. My long yeah, list. Yeah, we'll put of it all people. in the description. Definitely. We'll check yeah. out the description. I'll put those two and a couple of the other ones I said. But um, is there anyone I'm missing? I don't think so. I mean, there's so many. Do you guys have any favourites? I've got to throw mine back now because when we were talking about this yesterday, yes. I couldn't think of any like particular examples that I was into. And then I finished work and I went 
downstairs and watch some YouTube and I put on um, Pushing Up Roses, who does some really, really great like 15, 20 minute recaps. Um, oh. Which again, it's so funny. She, she, I got into her stuff a few years ago because she did at the time a lot of um, retro 90s and early 2000s game content. Um, and she's yes. kind of moved away from that now, but she does um, now a lot of recaps of like 1980s, 1990s mystery TV shows, like children's TV shows, sort of oh, teenage, yeah. like, are oh, you afraid of the dark mm. and stuff? She's really, really good. Um, and literally last night I was like, oh, I don't really, I don't really watch essays about stuff. I don't know. And then I went and watched her 15, 20 minute essay, um, just like deconstructing this terrible rom-com that I have no intention of ever watching, <laughs> but she just like, she just watches them and recaps them in such a delightful way. And her like flagship series is, um, what is it? Murder, She Wrote, which is another show that I've never watched, but I will happily watch her just yes. summarise an episode because she's got a great eye for the absurdities, but also the the way that the show is constructed kind of on a on a perspective of like this really long running show and the things that they reuse and the, the ideas that they revisit and when it was, you know, when it was at its peak and when it was getting kind of like formulaic. Yes. And, yeah. Her stuff's really good. So I, I recognize highly her recommend her. I recognise her Goosebumps videos for sure. I've definitely seen them floating around in recommendations. So definitely going to yeah check out the Murder, She Wrote series. Oh, yeah. The Goosebumps. It's just so good. That's a it's great, great recommendation. <laughs> yeah. I will very quickly say I watched one the other week by a YouTube channel called Lady Emily called Plastic Beach, the masterpiece that almost ended Gorillaz. And oh, it's my about- God the third studio album of i'm a big gorillas fan it's it's one of my uh least attractive qualities but the plastic beach album is kind of interesting because it has a bunch of lost media surrounding it really and they just kind of go over the album and and what came before and what happened after and the the relationship with the two founding members of the band and sort of how they split apart after that album and then how they came back together and Really good, really interesting. Would very much recommend it. I think Jacob Geller actually got oh, me yeah. into that channel. Uh, Jacob Geller, by the way, who is not only subscribed to the RPS YouTube channel, but is subscribed to my personal YouTube channel and has been no for about way. five years, which is one of those things that makes me feel physically ill whenever I think about it. Because That's incredible. I absolutely, oh, he is like my biggest influence. He's yeah. so good. It's Great recommendations. Awesome. I feel like we could just have a, two hour long chat oh. about video essays in general uh, oh that's another so thing we're all just connected chat on about chats about right things oh, i'm gonna God, watch yeah. the yeah. Beach one. Watch. because i was i was into gorilla's law for so many years were you really like, yeah like the whole like noodle getting cloned and then yes. ace coming in yeah you girl. Need, oh my god you need to watch that it's all about that and how is ever i can't believe you're into gorillas yeah. oh no we all have the same brain <laughs> I liked so Plastic bad. Beach. Uh, Demon Days is my favorite, but I, I did like Plastic Beach as well. Correct. But I, I like, yeah. I, you know, I like animation. So like when all their music videos are beautiful to look at. So, so I got good. very into the lore. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Do you have the book? <laughs> I do not have the book. Uh, I didn't know there was a, it's an art yeah. book. No, it's not. It. It's, it's written by oh, the, yeah? yeah, it's written by the band members called Rise of the Orga. We'll get into this off air. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, what's your hyperfixation? Yeah, oh, good lord. Okay, so this one this one requires a small amount of preamble because I feel like okay. it requires context. I'm already okay. justifying myself, which I I don't love, but yeah. So it's been. I mean, I don't know. It might come through in the sort of energy in this episode, but it's been it's been a heck of a week at RPS. <laughs> it's like 
it's a busy time in games journalism. Generally, there's like four AAA games coming out in a very short span of time. We are all mm. quite tired as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Thursday evening on yep. possibly what's going to be one of the busiest weeks of the year. So if I yep. sound croaky and exhausted and like I'm losing my train of thought, I am. And that's that's why. Um, I have this weird feeling. This weird feeling all week I've had is that I'm almost in like this, this weird like toxic relationship with AAA games. And that I'm like forced to spend so much time thinking about triple A's at the moment. All I wanted to do was come here and talk about indie games with you guys because I was like, oh, I'm so looking forward to this part of the week where I can just like <laughs> detox and yeah, I get yeah, it. think about like fun little indies because there's just yes. there's so much going on at the moment. With all that said, <laughs> with, with all that mm-hmm. being said, you yes. guys both know that one of the games that I'm covering a lot in this in this big triple a rush is by oh. star rail and so help me i don't know if it's a, if it's actually that i'm really enjoying it or if i'm just in some sort of like stockholm syndrome situation which is how i've sometimes <laughs> referred to my relationship with genshin impact which is the last game by the same developers at hoyoverse but i'm like i'm this yesterday the game launched yesterday at the time of recording right i have played the intro too many times now in the is last it few four months. times Three, four, t- three times I think. It, I, I was so in the final close beta. I was in the the press preview server, and now I've had to rejoin again and start from the beginning. And as I was playing this bloody prologue for the third <laughs> damn time, I was like, you know what? I'm actually enjoying this. Like, this yes, is, this is not actually a bad time. I like, I like the sort of setup, and I like the characters, um, and you know the. The production is is very, very, very slick and nicely put together, and I'm actually pretty compelled by what's going on. And so, yeah, I feel like my hyperfixation is, is slightly a result of circumstances at this point, <laughs> but I cannot deny that somewhere in the mix, yes, that became the thing that is just tumbling around in the back of my brain for this kind of this week this fortnight amazing i started like shit posting about it <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes which is always a sign that something has kind of grabbed you as well i think um and i don't want to say too much about it because i know that talking about a whole universe game on an indie games podcast is like going to be super contentious so i'll probably leave it there but um yeah <laughs> no it's amazing Honkai I mean, Star I- Rail has grabbed me by the throat and won't let go <laughs> we had one chat about it and I downloaded it. I was like, yeah, you know what? This feels interesting. And it looks gorgeous. It looks and so good. It's, yeah, just a bunch of really very well animated anime pro tags. Well animated, well acted. The music is good. It's, yeah. You know, oh, this is, this is the thing. I, we, Liam and I did a video about this earlier this week as well. We did. Um, and kind of at, at the end of that, as I was still thinking about it, it kind of, something else percolated through my brain it takes me incredibly long time to think at the moment i am exhausted um but i was i was thinking about you know the fact that there is this contentiousness around these these gacha games which mm. is what they are monetized through loot boxing it's yeah. not a good time but the games are really good productions and that's kind of you know the weird like cognitive dissonance of trying to get in you know I think mm-hmm. these are good games. I don't spend a lot of money in, on them. I don't spend any money on them. People are spending a lot of money on them and that is like really bad for a lot of those people. And it's like, I think it, it's kind of got this nuance, right, of I think the monetization does detract from these games, but yeah. I mm-hmm. was like, but detracting from something and completely negating all the good things about it are not the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And 
you know, I was like, maybe that may be a really basic revelation, but that suddenly popped into my head and I was like, oh, okay, right. I'm kind of, that's the level I'm on with it, if that makes sense. I'm like, I, I don't think that's a basic observation. I think that's an observation that can be quite difficult to communicate to people. I think it is a complicated conversation to have mm, as well. Mm. Like I'm a big Fortnite person. But I, I'm well aware that Fortnite exploits the FOMO of young children, has mm-hmm. led to bullying in the school place because some people might not be able to afford battle passes and special skins. And and any gacha game has exactly the same issue as well. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what I really like about that video, uh, just to shout out that video from the RPS <laughs> YouTube channel, is that you give a very nuanced and balanced impression of the game, including all of its gacha elements. And you even spoke about like the drop rate. And and I think that's the important mm. part is this game has so much artistic merit and worth as a game. And it's just propped up by this quite rancid monetization. Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's literally our job to talk about it, right? It's our job yeah, to exactly. address yes, it exactly. and be like, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I don't want to be that person who's like, oh, we should, we should divorce the artistic merits of something from the context surrounding mm-hmm. it. It's like, I don't absolutely believe that. Not. No. But at the same time, yeah. I'm like, I don't, believe in just saying something is all bad because part of it is pretty shady if that mm-hmm. makes sense like yep oh i don't know probably probably gonna get some flack for this but honestly honestly that's where i'm at this week is like really kind of intrigued to say see where this game goes and yeah, goodness so- knows, i'm gonna be playing it for for a long time for work yeah. so yeah um yeah my hyperfixation is it just a hostage situation we don't <laughs> we together the first time Let, on the podcast <laughs> Rebecca's being in a ho- held in a hostage situation over her, her own hyperfixation. Oh my god! Blink <laughs> twice if you need us to uninstall it from your computer. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> please don't, because one thing I just have to re-download it for blooming work, and then it's another like yeah. three, Replay four the hours of my day. Yeah. Oh, don't even. No, it's a cloud save. I will say that for it. Oh, that's, a cloud okay. Save. that's okay. I'm never going to have to do that again. And that is maybe part of why I sort of reached this euphoric point where I was like, mm. well, enjoy it now because you may know it back to front, but you're never going to see it again unless you look it up on YouTube. So, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Star Rail, everyone. Free to download now. Goodness sake, Liam, do yours. <laughs> Draw attention My... away from me. I'll be very quick. Uh, your boy's read another book. Oh, look at him. Well read. Ooh. I know, right? So... To start, last time in the last episode, I recommended a book and I said, I listened back to this, it irritated the shit out of me. I said it wasn't very profound. And then I went on to use the word profound four more times. <laughs> Let's not go over how I don't understand words and their actual meaning. But I have finished another book. This is a book called Stoner by John Williams. It was recommended to me by Ed, Ooh. our lovely friend and colleague Ed. Uh, this book was published in 1965 and it is about a university lecturer it goes over his life he's born just before the turn of the 19th century and charts his rise to become a lecturer and dealing with things like the first and second world war i think this is the best book i've read in the last 10 years and i've never heard of it it has had like an actual effect on my life and i cannot (gasps) stop thinking about it it is a book about nothing it's about a small, quiet life and a man who just sort of lives for a period of time and it goes from his childhood to literally when he dies. And oh. it is beautifully sad. It has pockets of actual, genuine joy 
in moments of real sadness. And that last third has just made me think about what is a good life? What does it mean to be happy? And what does it mean to be successful? And what are the things that are important? And what a lovely thing to have. What a lovely thing to experience through the medium of a book. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. I just had to message Ed when I finished it on WhatsApp. And I just said, yeah, I'm going to be sad forever now. Thanks. That's a genuine thank you. (laughs) Really good book. Very much recommend it. Stoner by John Williams. Not about someone who smokes weed, which is what I assumed he meant when he first recommended it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Damn, I've never heard that book before either. Oh. Yeah. Damn. Is it? Wonderful. Is it American or is it British? Yeah, it's American, yeah. Uh, he's a okay. lecturer at a, he's an, an English literature uh, lecturer at the University of Missouri or something. Right. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting. Aww, what a lovely one to end on. Mm. Thank you for classing the joint up a bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, my other hyperfixation was going to be celebrity hunted on Channel 4. So once again, I thought I'll pick a book. Wait, though. <laughs> We're overrunning. We'll talk about that offline. <laughs> next time. Next time. Uh, All right, let's oh let's wrap gosh. this up. Yeah. This oh, I always hate wrapping it up. I love doing this so much. I right. Know. Let's let's <laughs> oh. finish up. Thank you so much for listening to In Discovery. Your support really is appreciated. If you'd like to get in touch with the three of us, you can do so by emailing in your questions to podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can also chat to like-minded individuals about the wonders of PC gaming over on our Discord server. It is full of so many lovely people. I know who you are on the Discord. Thank you so much for your kind words. It warms my heart every week link is in the show notes to that if you'd like to support the pod you can do so by rating and reviewing us on itunes five stars please not one or your (laughs) podcast provider of choice spotify ratings do help i think so please do interact with it if you enjoy the pod it lets us do more of these which is good you can also tell all your friends about the good times you shared with us here today make sure to also check out our sister podcast the electronic wireless show which is very very good and very very fun for all your pc gaming needs go to rockpapershotgun.com or find us on twitter facebook youtube and regrettably tiktok until next time it's goodbye from me goodbye from rebecca bye and goodbye from rachel bye bye bye